am Chandler Phillips, and this is Was That in Good Taste, your prep cast for practicing tolerance to drunken rambling and tasteless bullshit just in time for the holiday season. With me, as always, is your other co-host, Steven. And uh, today, you know, special occasion, you get two for the price of one, you know, multiple <laughs> hosts. Sometimes, Ooh, host. sometimes we get one person hosting, the other person, you know, kind of fielding questions today. We're both Ooh, hosting. It's the dual host it's session. It's the dual host session. Oh, we're hosting. Dual host. That's, that's hot. That's hot. I really need a button for that because I use it so much. <laughs> Today we're going to be talking about aesthetic, personal brands, and the concept of semiology, which is the uh, study of signs, symbols, and the way... We use those signs and symbols to uh, project the kind of, of brands that, that we want to say about ourselves and just kind of that, that general idea. Initially, the, uh, the podcast was revolved around the aesthetic. That's, that's what we're all about is how do, we, how do we create this aesthetic? How do we use different kinds of already manufactured aesthetics all these physical manifestations of things into what we think are our personal brands. That's and hot. That's hot. And so uh, today, we've decided to drink something that resonates deeply with our individual personal brands. And uh, Stephen, I- I'll invite you to tell us first about what you're talking about, or what you're drinking, what you're, uh, what you're enjoying. Um, well, give us a little info. So... I'm drinking something kind of interesting, and I think that reflects my personal aesthetic, my brand, mm-hmm. my person, my being, and it's the Dogfish Head 120-Minute IPA. Now, if you are a person who's been inside of a grocery store, a supermarket, Piggly Wiggly, Wegmans, Trader Joe's, you might, oh, Trader Joe's, you might have seen <laughs> the Dogfish Head uh, Vons, 60 Minutes. those people on the West Coast. Vons, oh, yeah. the 60-Minute, or... 90 minute IPAs or the new 75 minute which is a mixture of the 90 and the 60 minute it's a blend it is a blend it is a blend and they don't split the difference uh that's where they hop the they hop the beer for while it's boiling for hmm. up to that amount of time so it's D- not exactly a little bit more what do, what do you mean they hop the beer so they take the hops which is like a a green herb it's not the green herb it's, it's a not, green herb but is is it bitter it's a little bit. It's is it pretty a little, bitter. A little sticky. It is a little sticky, and they take it <laughs> and they they boil it for a certain amount of time sixty, seventy five, ninety. In this case, it seems like one hundred and twenty. One hundred and twenty. And then they dry hop it a whole two hours. They dry hop it, which where they had they add the hops in after for mm-hmm. up to a month for this one here. Oh, and this beer is anywhere between fifteen and. 22% alcohol, which Oof. is in between a high-proof beer and wine, or more than wine. Holy That's crap. It's getting up into, like, spirits, aperitifs kind of level. Aperitifs. Aperitifs. Digestifs. Digestifs. And the reason I picked this is because it, it seems a little crazy, but everything about it kind of suits me, my brand, my aesthetic. It's very eclectic. It's something that not everybody likes. Mm-hmm. But now you, you might think, well, that means 
not everybody likes you. That's not true. Most people like me, but some don't. Whereas with this, <laughs> it's, a, it's an acquired taste. Whereas, so, so most people, most people like me. Some don't. With this, some people like this, but most don't. However, it's very eclectic. It's, it's something very special. It's something I really can't afford, but I still buy because I think it's very interesting. What What do you think makes it makes it eclectic? Like, well, that the... that's easy. So it's it's a it's a very popular type of beer, which is an like India Pale Dog Ale. Dogfish Head is, is... Yeah, yeah, it's a very popular brand. Mm. The type of beer is an India Pale Ale. Oh, but IPAs are the thing are about IPAs are IPAs, IPAs are very popular, but it's trying to be something else other than it is. And you know, I'm not really trying to be something else other than I am. But I've lived a very interesting life, and you know, I have been really trying to find something very interesting about myself, and I find myself really only in when. I'm myself plus 10. You know, I really just find myself with a lot of energy and a lot of passion and a lot of, a lot. So you're saying you feel most genuine to your personal brand when you're at your most heightened. It's not intentional. It's just how I am. It's just how you, how you do. Yeah. And that's what this is. Like an IPA is something that's very common, but this is, but it's done to an extreme level. This is an extreme IPA, uh, an extreme passion and exuberanceness it to it. It's it's it's. This is hopped for a long time. It's it's dry hopped for a long time. This is the kind of thing that you know where like a lot of people do like me, but some people really don't. But when it comes to beer, it's kind of the reverse. People tend to like most beers. Mm-hmm. They're trying to get drunk, but this is the kind of thing that like. You really have to kind of want, and I think that the person that I really am, the 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 person that I really am, you really have to like. But my brand is cool. This right here is a beer, who people know it. They know the brand. They like it. They love it. But they don't love this hmm. because they don't know it. Okay, it's a little bit more fringe. It is. It's but th- but they know Dogfish Head. They love Dogfish Head. It's recognizable. Yeah. But it's not. Uh, entirely identifiable yeah, yeah. Is, is the kind of vibe that I'm getting yeah. in your description of yeah. both the beer and your, yeah. Which your I think brand. I'll say about the beer is that like, you know, when I first had it, I didn't really like it. It was a little too strong for me. It was a little too much. And that well, get, ha- get into that a little bit. What kind of flavors threw you off? What kind of flavors brought you in? I, Not even what threw me off. I just found it to be so rich and so overwhelming. And some people who meet me me do feel that way it is a very big and kind of in your face beer it's got a very rich malty flavor a lot of character Mm -hmm. whole lot of character um but but think about this mm -hmm. right so like i as a person feel like when people see me they they like me people when they see this they're always excited about it like, oh, Dogfish has something new. Oh, wow, this is crazy. Wow, this is special. But they haven't had it. Hmm. And when people try it, they don't like it. Really? And and what do you think? How do how do you feel about the, the grander analogy that we're making here between I know, right? you and the beer? Uh, not that people don't like me when they really feel me, but I 
don't connect with people too much. And when I do, I'm a lot. And that's that's this guy <laughs> right here. Because, like, you, you look know, at it, it's pretty. It's $16 I, for 12 ounces, okay, which is expensive. Little, little expensive. It's really expensive for a beer like this. You think you uppity? You don't even know. <laughs> you don't even know what proof it is. You, know, you don't even know how much alcohol is in it. It's a mystery. It's a mystery label. Yeah, it it's looks kind cool. Of, like, I, I un, what I kind of see the comparison between you and that beer is the little bit of, like, ambiguity that comes with popularity like everyone knows dogfish you you mm-hmm, wear mm-hmm. you tend to wear identifiable clothes like it's it's nothing out of an ordinary you're not you're not really a, a statement kind of person but there's there's a little undertone of like there's there's a little bit more complexity mm-hmm. there's a little bit more uh provocation to what's going on Kind of behind the uh, That's behind the good. scenes. Well, what are you? What, what is this that you're drinking? What? Is- oh, well, I've got here with me um, something. Something I think is kind of interesting. I initially got it just because um, it looked neat. Like the bottle is pretty for one thing, uh, but you know, I I thought the writing on it. Looked enticing. <laughs> and before I unveil what it is, Ooh. I'm going to say, it's utilitarian as fuck. Ooh, utilitarian as And that kind of aspect of me, or aspect drew me to it. It's Hoshestaters. Hoshestaters. What? 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 Slow oh, and low. I never, I never looked at that. Rock and Hoshestaters. 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 It's, uh, it's written in uh, cursive, so I can't read it. Yeah, but, that's your excuse. <laughs> but everything else that's written in plain block lettering, it's slow and low. Which, by the way, that Beastie Boys immediately comes to mind of. Uh, low and slow, let yourself go. <laughs> Make it clear. Hold on. Slow let, and low is what it is, though, right? Slow and low is the name of the bottle. Okay. Rock and rye is what it is. So it's a slow and low rock and rye. It's slow and low brand. It's Hesheshter slow and low. <laughs> oh, it's. <clears throat> I have to look at it. Every time I say it, I have to look at it. It's Hosterstaters. Slow and low. There's like three T's in there that just kind of <laughs> pop up wherever Hoche they feel like it. Stadt, like city, like city, city. It's, in, it's German. <laughs> Stadt, strand. Oh. Okay. Stadt, Stadters. Hoschstadters, slow and low. Oh, rock and rye. Rock so and So slow rock. and low was kind of like the brandish. Okay, okay. Slow and low would be like the the... That's what you, that's what it's called, mm-hmm. and the rock and rye is what's actually the juice. And the little thing that caught my eye in this, and it it says served straight up in pharmacies and saloons since the eighteen hundreds, <laughs> which I love. I love that. That and so that that caused me to do a little bit more digging on what this whole rock and rye thing is, and. uh 
you know, a little, little bit more info on the label here. We got Union Made with straight rye whiskey, raw honey, navel orange, ca- rock candy, and bitters. And it's an 84-proof beverage, which sounds pretty fucking good to me. Sounds good to me, too. But, so upon further uh, further research, I found out that rock and rye is actually a pretty traditional American cocktail up there with the old fashioned, it's like the the forgotten step step brother of the old fashioned. I'm interested. Okay, continue. Continue. So, rock and rye. Here, here's the picture I'll paint for you. Saloon in the Midwest, 1800s. That's hot. Cowboy kicks in the the saloon doors, and they waft behind him. Dust and smoke in the background. Someone's playing on a on a piano. Yeah, you got guys playing poker in the corner. Bartender shining a glass with the little bands around his arms. You got. <laughs> it's such a good visual. I'm, I'm seeing it. I'm I've been playing it. way too much Red Dead Redemption I feel it. I feel it. Kicking the double doors. Music stops. Everybody looks. Everyone looks. Oh shit! Who's that? It's a stranger the, coming to our the town. women of hmm? great women who are amazing who've decided to sell their bodies to these lowly men, or or just you know uh, uh, employees of circumstance. Yes, they, they they're just looking for money. Either way, they all look. They all look. Oh, who's this handsome fellow walking in? Mm. Gunslinging. He's got the big iron on his belt and. And a poncho around his around his chest, and he's got the the oh, I'm, I'm just describing my Red Dead character. Now. <laughs> he comes in, spurs clicking on each step he makes. Every now and then, you'll hear a floorboard creak. <laughs> he plops down at the bar, and everyone takes a nice nice sigh of relief. The music starts playing in the background. He goes, give me a shot of rye. Straight. The bartender goes, you got it, boss. Slides him over a shot of rye. And what does this dude pull out? A little baggie of rock candy from his pocket. And he, and he plops a couple little, little pebbles of rock candy in his drink. The bartender looks at him and goes... Sonny, you bringing candy into my shop? <laughs> this is a man's place. The cowboy goes, fuck you, dude. I love candy. <laughs> and he swirls his glass a little bit and takes a sip. Bartender's like, all right, I guess guess no one's going to fuck with this guy. He's, seems like he's on one about Sure about likes something. that candy. He sure <laughs> likes that candy. No one better fuck with this dude's rock candy. So mm-hmm. the rock and rye, the rock in rock and rye refers to rock candy and this was like a super popular cocktail in like the mid 1800s when during oh during the whole manifest destiny age can i tell you something big yikes when you describe it it actually sounds good because a lot of people a lot of people don't like rye Mm -hmm. a lot of people don't like rye and how rye tastes it's it's a little bit sharper it's a little bit harder to uh to be accommodating that sounds Good. It's it's really just like a simple syrup would work, but it's, it's like well, a little bit of simple syrup would work. So here here's what it breaks down to: the rock and rye, 
rock candy, rye whiskey. The old-fashioned, simple syrup, bourbon whiskey, Angostura bitters. That's the only difference. And rock candy is pretty much simple syrup with a little bit of flavor and a little bit of water. Why did we make this today? Okay. Hmm? We should have made this today. What the fuck? Okay, continue. What, the old-fashioned or the no. original rock and rye? An original rock and rye. Oh. But we had it pre-made. And see, that's my aesthetic. That's my brand. That's what I'm fucking about. I'm about some 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 sort of historical context mixed with a little bit of childlike candy wonder mixed with <laughs> the spice and the bite and the spite of rye whiskey. And and this this slow and low rock and rye it it kind of resonates with me because of the coloration. It's got this 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 brass and kind of black the brass and black I really like. I'm drawn to that. Mm-hmm, I don't know mm-hmm. why. It's a nice complementary color, but then it's got this nice little pop of orange and you can see the backside of the label with all these little emblems that kind of connote all the different things that go into it. And I'm super about fucking emblems and symbols. Like there's such a an easy and efficient way of expressing the type of of personality and the type of the they're 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 perfect for expressing brands symbols and branding go together like oreos and milk and rock candy and rye Mm. (laughs) and and even if you if you were to look at me um in the nude you would see my tattoos don't really have any sort of like uh, 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 solidarity, or they don't. There's no like single idea between my tat. They're all just kind of like stamps of different brands, mm. and so I'm drawn to that kind of like it's separate, but they all kind of go into one unified idea, and that's kind of how I've cultivated my brand. So I, I think this is super interesting. So while you cracked this open, because I think didn't you save cracking it open? For when you were on mic, wasn't that the entire point there? That was the initial point, but then see, my ice got got a little melty, and so now I have it. Hold on, give it to me. Then I want to crack it. Oh, I you're crack gonna it. crack it. Right. Okay. Now I got ready, it in ready? a mason jar. I want to smell it. That's why. <laughs> I like oh. the little. It smells delicious. Um, so here's the thing. I dig that. Oh, I, I I'm I'm a big fan of it. It's. I think we already said. it. Straight rye whiskey, raw honey, which fuck, I'm about bees. Like, yeah. If you haven't got from my from my blog, the Bumble Bear, I'm about bees Humble and bears. Bear. Humble Bumble Bear. I'm about fucking bees and bears, man. Not about fucking bees <laughs> and bears. I'm about. I don't know. I think so. Uh, um. <laughs> Are there furries for insects? I don't know. And is it still a furry if the bee is hairy? Or, like, is wasp... I don't know. You anyway. said a lot of stuff there that kind of had me kind of really interested. Especially when it comes to you and this rock and rye. Well, let me let me do my quick my quick uh, flavor flavor breakdown for it. Hit me with do a it. quick sip. Oh, I love that. I like how you even get a little... <laughs> All right. So the first flavor you get off the bat 
is that navel orange. You get that immediately from the from the aromatics, almost as if like they were in the intent of the drink was to give you almost like a aromatic orange bitter kind of flavor, followed by sweetness, followed by a whiskey spice. Hmm. Where could they have picked up this flavor combination? Gotcha, gotcha. But there's a little bit more nuance to it, because the honey brings up a, a tad bit of earthiness, like that the, you, you almost get some of the terroir from the honey more than anything. It gives it body, and then the rye comes in just at the very end to let you know, hey, by the way, this has alcohol in it. Well, just a little bit of bite. But the rock candy and the honey kind of come into this this mutual agreement that we're both going to be sweet, but neither one of us is really going to take the cake here. It's it's about bolstering mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the rye, and that really just comes together in a nice, refreshing combination. And before I stop talking about how great this <laughs> this rock and rye is, I should tell you about its utilitarian uh, uses. Because not only is is this uh, have some sort of historical significance in the Old West, but also uh, this, this, this combination of rock candy and rye whiskey has had uh, a pharmaceutical historical context as mm-hmm. being kind of like this cure-all for all... Um, cough and chest <laughs> and throat related diseases which fuck i'm about that like so apparently Sounds good to me apparently this was the the recommended pharmaceutical elixir for if you had a cough if you had pneumonia if you had uh like oh what, what else we got on this i'm checking the website let's see we got it it's a pharmaceutical drink used to snuff coughs, colds, sore throats, bronchitis, asthma, asthma, pneumonia, consumption, sniffles, gripes, chills, diseases of the throat, chest, and lungs. That's, I mean, you can get drunk on anything, but how often can you get <laughs> drunk on an effective cough syrup? And all of these elements, all the, the, the emblems, the historical context, the multiple utilitarian uses, all of those, I'm just like, fuck yeah, slow and low, let yourself go. <laughs> that is the tempo. <laughs> well, so I want you to tell me a little bit about the fact that, you know, this is, this is, this is your concept. Your idea. Branding. Right. Mm-hmm. Branding. Uh, what was the word you used? Aesthetic. Aesthetic? Aesthetic. And uh, what was the other word you used? No, a third oh, word? Oh, uh, semiology. Semiology. So semiology and aesthetic, I think, kind of go hand in hand because uh, aesthetic on one end is the output of this this broader concept of semiology which is the study of symbols and signs in social uh, context and just kind of in in our lives and understanding it's how marketing has been able to be an entire uh, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. discipline it's how branding and um, it's how alcohol it's how it's 
basically the entire thing alcohol relies on. If you on. think about it, I was telling you about how, you know, I enjoy drinking with my friends, with you, mm-hmm. right? That's exactly what this is, you know. Uh, when it comes to drinking and to enjoying alcohol, you know, it, I it's like a, a weird association with like, how do I, how do I? It's, it's, it completely ties into consumption. Yeah, and in, in every sense of the word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's what I want this episode to be about is how is our – well, not our. I want to know about you, Stephen. How is your consumption Ooh. tied into semiology and your personal uh, – your brand? How do you convey yourself and what is the basis of these these symbols and what do you – why why you be like you are? <laughs> I don't. That's it. Episode <laughs> over. Um, it's so funny because you say that, and I think that like there's something I mentioned like at the beginning when we first started talking. I, I really, I feel like for some people I'm hard to pin down because even people who've known me for 10, 15 years don't know me, and it's not because they've not tried, but mm-hmm. due to anxiety, due to a lot of things, I've never really been open to expressing myself to all the people that I care about, right? Gotcha. Um, I, and this is why I picked the Dogfish Head 120 uh, Minute IPA, because it's eclectic, it's weird, has a little bit of a story behind it, is because that's kind of who I am. I grew up in uh, in an urban area, urban, I live dirt fucking poor, <laughs> fucking Harlem near near fucking Rucker Park, Rucker's Park, where everybody knows because of, you know, half man, half amazing, and all those little freestyle basketball players. I grew up near the polo grounds. I grew up in an area where I lent somebody a dollar, and they and then one time they came to my house, and they were like, come to me to the park, and all their family was there, and they're like, yo, we're going to fucking shoot you over a fucking dollar. Oh, you know, like I grew up in a weird, crazy fucking area, you know, and... So, like, I grew up with, like, these weird perceptions of people uh, who look like me, and it wasn't exactly positive, but it was really negative, and then when I was exposed to, like, music that was not the music I listened to, like, I've lived a very eclectic, mm-hmm. different life. And so how does that play into how you've then uh, projected your own personality in that space. Well, so this is where, for me personally, is very complicated because, like, for you, oh, it's a little interesting. No, not that. You know, a white kid, you know, Jewish, kind uh, of. I'm gonna be hey, uh, look, Jewish adjacent. You're right. You know, I'm, I'm you know, it's like, oh boy, oh boy, you're a white guy who was like in his in his twenties <laughs> who who likes hip hop. Oh boy, oh, you know, yikes, oh, yikes. stirring the pot a little. You know, vaguely like, Jewish too, you know, but not too much. You know, to not too you're... Jewish. Like you, you know, like I guess. Technically, you're Jewish, but like, oh boy, you're Jewish also, but not oh, really. <laughs> you know, but like, I, I look at, you know, and for me, it might seem like if you look at a lot of people who are in their 20s and their, their late teens, you're like, oh boy, what what is he talking about? But for me, I live a very crazy life. Because like I've mentioned before, like I grew up in Harlem and I saw... Like, you got some stories. I have stories, <laughs> you know, and... I I struggled for a long time to find out who I was, not because of 
anything other than the fact that I grew up in a place where I didn't really feel safe and a lot of bad things happened to me. Adults who were not my mother hurt me and did things, these things to me. And so I did a lot. I, I, I went to the li- I I lived a different life a little bit mm-hmm. because I would go to the library. My mother would send me to visit my grandfather in, in Brooklyn and stuff like that. But when I got into my teens, my late teens especially, and I was exposed to different music. And well, first, I'm, gonna, I'm sorry to cut you off. Yeah, but yeah, just yeah. Before you, you reach this renaissance in your life, <laughs> how did you dress and what was the kind of well, attitude you projected so, from yourself? So this is, this is actually very connected to what I'm saying right here because yeah. the places that I went in my late teens were the places I always wanted to go with the people that I always wanted to be around, but I just didn't know where they were. I remember hanging out with my friend and Reggie, Reginald, last name, I'm not going to say, but I always usually say his last name because I'm like, yeah, I used to look at him and he's like, him and Vanessa and all these people. Like, Wait, I remember, never mind, never mind. I remember the one girl, I'm not going to say her name because I don't know. She bought an entire like Vegeta cutout to her school, and she had blue hair. And I was like, "Ooh, I want to be." <laughs> she was their like friends. triple Super Saiyan. But I wasn't. There. I wasn't cool enough. I felt like I felt like the people that I wanted to be around. You know, I didn't dress any kind of way hmm. because how was my single mother who had me at seventeen going to spend a lot of money on? clothes for me to look a certain way and I never really felt comfortable because the re- the truth is that if I'd asked my mother she would have hmm. she she would have she would have helped you articulate some sort of personal brand but I just didn't feel comfortable even asking her I remember stealing money from her I remember I used to always get in trouble for like Where's my five dollars? It's like I don't know where it went. There's only two of us who live here together. Where did it go? It has to be you. And I remember taking money from her purse to do things like buy the fucking biscuit from fucking the Popeyes that were near my house, or to do things like buy bags of chips. I would take this money mm-hmm. from my mother. I would steal it from her because, in hindsight, I didn't feel like I could ask her. But she would give me anything. My mother, huh. the same mother who would starve so I could eat and do all these things, would do anything for me. But I didn't. I didn't really see that. So I would like do these things. But I never felt comfortable asking her like to buy me. I never even considered for one second to ask her to buy me shoes that I thought were look cool or to buy me clothes that I thought look, made me look cool. It Not even like once. In both scenarios, you're you're kind of having a reluctance to really express yourself, whether it's an expression of who you're trying to be as as your your clothing, or express yourself in the context of just what you desire from 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 your mom. Like, or, so or, even today, to this point in my life. I, like, until last year, I'm 33 years old. 
when I was 31, at the end of being 31, I was like, I want to buy a wrestling t-shirt, but I don't, I don't know if I should. People might look at me weird. Wait, what? You know. Wait, uh, you were 31 when you bought a wrestling t-shirt? I never thought I should be able, could be able to because people would look at me, which by the way is weird. No, wait, what? Because I, (laughs) because even when I was in my 20s and I hung out with all the goth people when I had my, and people would look at me and they're like, oh, you had people look at me like, oh, there's a picture that my friend made of me. He took, he took a, he made a meme of me about not being able to get women when I was like 24 or something. I had like long dreadlocks and I was wearing a long black shirt and wearing these really baggy pants. I'm like, oh, wow, you look really goth. But the reality was I bought those pants from a discount store because they were like $2 and it was just a regular black t-shirt. It was not that, it was not his style. It was just that I happened to buy something that people now perceive some kind of way. I... Wait, so you... So just... Tr- uh, you were you were buying the thing first and then kind of ascribing to the social uh, construction... Well, or, the, or not, because... Or the f- social brand. Or not, because I never really truly fit in with my friends. I never really tru- truly fit in with the people that I, that I knew and that I cared about who had certain clothes or were able to do certain things or were able to buy certain things. But those you were know, still the people that you associated with, whether or not you felt... Yes, they were, but I never I was never viewed that way. I remember when... I remember when... Um, Wow, I can't remember his name. Oh, I, I told you the story. Uh, I can't yeah, say it name. on a live broadcast. I, I will. I don't <laughs> care. Whatever. Uh, the, 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 I can't remember the name, but the, whatever. There's like a, 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 a like this goth artist whose name I can't remember right now. And he, I remember, I went to. I used to work for a company, and it was like a huge company in New York. They used to do a lot of gothic industrial. I remember. I used to go to all these events. People were like, oh. Who's this normie? Who's this normal person? This is like this weird. Wait, so even in the subgroup, you were still considered. Yes, because because listen, just because I happened to wear black jeans and black shirt, I wasn't goth or punk. You know, I couldn't. How, how could I listen to music? I couldn't afford music. I didn't have a job. Even I was in my, I didn't have a job. You know, I didn't feel like I asked my mother for money. And like, even the first albums I had, I stole the money from someone. Mm. From their purse. I remember around the corner from where we are right now, I was in church and I, somebody's purse was sitting there in the basement. I took the money from their purse and I don't feel good about this, but like this is directly associated with the feeling and the, the, the memory I have of the, the Linkin Park album, Meteora, and the Evanescence album, Fallen, because those were the albums I bought with the money that I stole because I could not afford or maybe if I asked my mother, my mother might have starved for me, even though I didn't know this. Right. You know, in my soul, in my being, I know that my mother might have starved or given up things for her mm-hmm. to make things happen for me. So, you know. Well, then... The, this might be a little switch up from your story, but just along the lines of branding yeah. and and that, what drew you to those two albums? Well, I think I mentioned this before, but like I lived in an area where people looked at me 
treat me like shit and beat the shit out of me. And the adults went to elementary school, beat me, put me in the hospital, tore my face open, had to have reparative surgery. I had a lot of bad things happen to me from the people who were not my mother. Because I like to make clear that, like, my father didn't do anything bad to me either. You know, my father was just not living with me. Mm-hmm. So, of course, when I saw him, I, I, you know, he wasn't directly involved. And then, it, when he, and then when he moved away, he was another step removed. Right. Another level of abstraction. My life was more abstract to him, you know, because I didn't live with him. Mm-hmm. You know, my mother did nothing wrong. You know, my mother, all right, you know, maybe she did a little bit wrong, but she like... It's not, not, not. She didn't do any direct harm to me, right? But she, when, but when men were beating the shit out of her, when, when people were like abusing her and stalking her and doing bad things to her, you know, and she was struggling and couldn't, and was struggling to keep the lights op- the lights on, you know, that's not, that's not directly her fault. So I remember these things, and even though I didn't know then, it created trauma for me, you right. know, and I lived in an area of people who looked like us. And everyone who wasn't us was a complete and utter shit. Mm. Like, I remember, like, fucking crackhead taking a shit in front of my fucking... So I used to live in an apartment building. And when you came in, there was a staircase. But behind the staircase, it's a little lower. Behind the staircase was, like, a little dump waiter to the right. Because I guess every floor is a dump waiter to put the trash in. Mm-hmm. And there was a door where the super still lived. That's where we lived. And a fucking crackhead took a shit in front of our door. And while they were taking shit, mother was making oatmeal. Coincidentally, and she saw them. She noticed. She she knew heard a noise. She took the fucking old man, threw the fucking boiling oatmeal on the fucking crackhead. Okay, I lived Yikes. in a very strange area, and the people who looked like me listened to music. And my mother didn't listen to different music, but the music she listened to, you know, my mother my mother wasn't goth, but like. You know, she she wore a little bit of black in the seventies, and people thought she was weird. She and was so, alternative. My mother was definitely kind of an alternative, different kind of person. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, like, I grew up, and my mother didn't want me, my mother named me James because she didn't want me. She named me James, my first name after my father, Stephen, because she's Stephanie, S T E P H. E-N-E, right? So that, she named me this so that I wouldn't have a name that was pseudo-African or African like her friends so I wouldn't be discriminated against. You know what I mean? She named me this. So there was kind of, there was a distinct kind of uh, uh, separation between you and the African-American culture that you were... But it's not African-American culture. It's really not. It's just you know, poor people in an urban area who happen to like, you know, hip hop music. And yes, a lot of people happen to be African American, mm-hmm. but that's not really fair to, that's not really, I'm not going to say fair because it's not like being African American and being poor or being other things is unfair. But in that time, living that part of, and living in a part, it's not that. It's just that like my mother didn't want me to be in what they were in. So she sent me to Brooklyn for, after school to spend time with my grandfather in mm-hmm. Brooklyn, which was not, good but it was better than where i lived and again how did you dress what were the kind of so uh emblem i wore whatever i wore whatever i I wore whatever i wore whatever i could afford but listen that seems like nothing but 
when everyone else around you is clothed in what's pop and what's, you know, you well, kind yeah, of when, stand out. When everyone else is participating in a language that mm-hmm. revolves around symbols and, and emblems and and uh, uh, brands and and identifying and being able to properly identify these different brands, you not being literate in this is definitely a uh, uh, drawback or it's a hindrance. I never really felt like I can participate. There's definitely something about like where I lived and the kind of life. Like, so here's the thing where I lived and the kind of people who surrounded me, I didn't really feel like I ever fit in. Right. Even though Mm -hmm. I was also poor. So when I got older and I was surrounded by people who like, like, you kind of, you circumstantially fit in, but you weren't on the, like, yeah, like of course. you just weren't uh, consuming the same cultural. But, I mean, uh, but I was like, it doesn't seem like it, but like when I get older and I realize that white people don't know, like people don't white people, white people don't know Prince like I do or, or like, uh, or like plies and like. Or like you know, murder. She like the songs that I know and the things that I know and experiences that I have. People who don't look like me, who didn't grow up where I grew up, don't know those things. Mm-hmm. But like oh, I, because yeah. I didn't wear because I didn't wear the clothes. The oh, there we go, Google. Um, <laughs> I I didn't know. Oh, Google's amazing. I love that. Um, that's definitely kind of the thing that I. I never really under, I never really came. It's really hard to say because like, it's really hard to express is what I mean. Because when I, when I went to start going to the Bronx, I started going to like metal concerts. Why did I go? I didn't go because I knew anything really about it. My mother listened to the doors because she liked the doors. She didn't like, wait, your mom listened to the doors. Well, hold on. My mother didn't like rock music, but you have to remember that like the doors, come on, like like um, they're the no 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 no. What 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 is it? Not 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 uh, what is it? Uh, not break on through to the Riders other on side. The storm? Not Riders on the storm. What is what is that one song? I remember she had a bear and he used to play like some kind of pseudo romantic song that the doors had. Wait, is are you talking about the song you were just singing? Break on through. Is it? That's that. Yeah. Break on through. Yeah, I think it Break is. Break on through to the maybe, other side. Maybe, yeah. but whatever. She had like a a teddy bear that you know the doors. Got, Come on, baby, light my fire. Oh, oh that's what it was. It was oh, Come on, baby, light my fire. Okay. Oh, so here's the thing: like one. that song is like a little sexy and stuff like that, right? And my mother and I used to like you know watch like Pulp Fiction and stuff. Stuff that's pop culture. My mother has always been kind of a, a little hip ahead of her time. She didn't realize that she was. Your mom sounds pretty fucking hip. Yeah, but she didn't know that she was. But here's the thing, right? So, like, because of that, like, I didn't, I, I was still, I was still exposed to the stuff, you know. I still wore some of the clothes. I still, I remember in the blizzard of 93, which I was reading an article about, I, I had, I had air gear, which was like these, these sneakers. I came into this apartment <laughs> and I was like, I remember the snow was up to my, was up to my, like, my upper torso. And well, they had. Well, to make you feel old. What? <laughs> oh no oh no i wasn't even a spermie yet in the oh, blizzard boy. of 93 <laughs> oh, boy. 
in the biz in the blizzard 93 i had these sneakers and i remember if you step on them they light they would light up but it was the craziest coolest thing oh fuck yeah you know it was the coolest fucking thing you know and you know i i experienced all these things but like my mother has always been a little bit weird my mother who's amazing and lovely always feels like an outsider and people who feel like outsiders are drawn to certain things, you know, and I'm her son. So, like, I never really fit in. But then when I was in the Bronx, someone was like, oh, let's go to a concert. And I was like, I have no money. And they were like, well, it's only $5. If you go there and you ask people for a dollar, they maybe get $5. You can go in. And I went and it was like a metal concert. And it was like, oh, people who also don't have money. And, huh. we, you, you know, it's I like, like their logic of like, well, <laughs> see. One in five people will give you a dollar. But that's what happened. And if you ask at least 25 people, then yeah. you're set. Yeah. Conrad, who, rest in peace, took his own life, unfortunately. Like, I remember, like, he used to always give me a dollar to get in. And I remember he used to be like, oh, what cereal, what cereal do you eat? And I'm like, he's like, no, he's like, uh, what's my favorite cereal? No, he's like, he's like, no, what cereal am I thinking of? Wait, uh, <laughs> What's am I thinking of? Uh, 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 Fruity Pebbles? Nope. And he would kick me dead in the chest. I don't oh, fucking shit. know. Like, I, I, you know, like, Conrad Thompson, who's like one of those people I've ever met, and like, fucking God, who I still, even though that's not his nickname anymore, I call him God. He's a fucking in engine, his girlfriend, who are amazing. Like, these people welcomed me into this, this community. So, like, I was part of it. But even then, I couldn't afford it. I used to walk. Now, this means nothing to you. I used to walk from 100. Was that a Pantera reference? No. no. I used to walk from 183rd Street and, like, Southern Boulevard. And I used to walk, like, 40 blocks to Throg's Neck to to this place to ask people for money if I didn't have the $5, which became 8 which became 10 Mm. you know. Inflation. Inflation and, and <laughs> things and, and stuff became more expensive, you know, for people who are amazing, who ran, who ran the venues. Mm-hmm. And then I, I remember before I became eight, I was like, I want to participate. And I, I started working there because I remember I started volunteering. I'm like, oh, you volunteer. And I volunteered. So I would show up early. So I would walk. I would walk the seven, seven, eight, nine miles there oh, to shit. volunteer so I could participate for free, you know. And I remember... The only time I ever felt like I fit in at that point in my life when I was like when I was like nineteen years old is when I was given my Bronx Underground staff shirt and I went into the area and I was with my friends. I was like, "Look, I have my shirt." That's pretty dope. You know what I mean? Like it's 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 hard and it's weird do, and. Do you still have the shirt? Of course, it's right behind you in the in the in that in that drawer right there. Yeah, of course. And how often would you wear that? I wear I I wear it a lot. And you know, I don't know if you guys are in New York, but every third Friday at the first Lutheran Church of Thog's Neck is not religious. You know, the underground, which is not related to the Bronx Underground, still has an event. You know, and the Fox and King. Look at the Fox and King on Facebook. You know, still has events and stuff like that. Like, but here's the you know. Oh shit! Is that a plug? Is that- <laughs> I guess a little bit, but I, you know, I definitely, I definitely have like, I definitely connect with these things and, you know, but these things really built and I'm not trying to make it about me. I'm sorry. I can't help it. Well, but no, like- I, I want to know what the things you are trying to say, but the things are- we're trying to say are like completely informed 
by who you are. Mm-hmm. And for me, who I am is the experiences I had and the experiences I had were informed by the fact that I had nothing. And I live in like this crazy life where I have these ugly fucking dresses I don't fucking want, but I keep them because I'm afraid to spend money on them. But then I have weird impulsive fucking things where I have fucking video game systems I don't even fucking play. Like I have, these, like, you know, like I, I, I don't know what I'm trying to do sometimes. And it's really hard for me. And I fucking hate myself. And I think I'm very, very unattractive. And even though I have, I'm very lucky to have women in my life who tell me, I'm not your attractive, stuff like that or whatever. I struggle with a lot of things. I struggle with a lot of anxiety and a lot of depression. There's a lot of things that I don't express to people, even people who know me very well, who love me very much. And doing podcasts, doing the art of giving up, doing wasn't in good taste have really helped me with. It's still not perfect and I still struggle really, really hard with those things. So like, I don't wear the clothes I'm comfortable with, you know. The fact that I wear wrestling t-shirts is a thing that I decided like a year and a half ago because I was like, I'm a fucking adult, Which, and if I like something, by the way, I should that, wear whatever fuck I want. That's kind of baffling to me that you only started that like a year and a half ago because whenever I see you <laughs> in common space, you either have like some sort of wrestling jacket or or t-shirt or some some sort of of symbol that mm. refers to either WWE or All Elite Wrestling or, like, something. Because that- before that, what? Like, I didn't have money to afford it. And before that, you know, I thought people would laugh at me. And even now, I just feel like... We- but now, now it's a little different. Because, like, you know, wrestling's always been hip. But, like, you know, now I guess I'm, I'm, I can live with when I wear, like, you know, Kenny Omega, Kenny the Cleaner t-shirt or a Bullet Club t-shirt or the, the Elite character select t-shirts both the animated one and the one that has a live action the live faces or like little different <laughs> things people walk by my store with the big glass windows and they see me from 15 feet away and they look at me and they make the little too sweet symbol you too know, sweet you know people come up to me make two sweet symbols and and do the finger gun and things like that you know and so all those things happen so it definitely does help. But so the re- it seems like within just the past couple of years, you've actually started to feel but not this really. whole... Because, but- like, I don't even fucking... I, I, I want, like, high dress shirts and I like nice jeans and stuff. I don't, I don't fucking buy... And I have a dreadful dress that I don't wear anymore. I don't even fucking buy a belt. And I hate my pants fucking sag every day. But, like, I get so much anxiety about it and I just can't overcome the way I feel about myself and the way that I look and the things that I want to wear and how I present myself. So like, I don't actually have a brand, you know, the brand that I have is the way that I treat people, which which is what I try to do with kindness and love because I spent the majority of my lifetime, like when I was younger, being beat up so badly and bloodied and, tortured mm-hmm. and then i became a complete fucking asshole because i was beaten up and <laughs> beat, you, you know and i was treated and i was treated poorly so i treated people who i cared about and i took advantage of people and i really regret that you know but i treated really shittily you know and now i'm just part of my life where i can't help it I treat people well, and I fucking don't know why. It's not intentional. I just like. <laughs> I don't mean to be a decent to, person, but here you know, the fuck I like, am. Fuck it, man. You know, fuck it. I'm doing a live. That's it. I can't help it. You know, <laughs> and and it's just like that is really 
my aesthetic, my brand is just like my personality. It's not really how I look because I don't like how I look. I don't like what I wear. I wish I had more money. If I had more money, I'd have nicer shoes that wouldn't hurt my feet. I'd have jeans that fit me. I'd have, you know, better t-shirts and stuff like that. Like you wouldn't even know it, but I have four drawers of shirts I don't wear because I don't think they fit me well and I don't wear them. Because they're too big or too small? Because I think they're too small on me, even though they Mm. might not be. Uh, they're probably no, not. I've been there. Like They're it, probably not too small on me, but I just don't feel like it. But you know what? I'm I'm trying to be the kind of person, and people see me, I feel like people genuinely kind of like me, and it's not because of what I wear. It's not because of the music I listen to, which is weird because I do shit that I don't mean to. When I go ride my <laughs> board, I, I play music. So I'm like, oh, I... Uh, where what neighborhood am I at? What kind of music should I play? And even when people can't hear what I'm listening to, you I'm still like, kind of consider it's like, like, it's like, what, it's what, like, what would be on brand for me right you know, now? It's like, you know, I read a lot. I love to read. So I guess I'm on the train right now. And like, I guess I have to listen to an audiobook. I want to listen to audio wrestling observer live, but I have to do that right now. And I don't fucking mean to, and it's not good, but I just do. But where do you, where do you find the pressure to do? Is it, is it all intrinsic or is it like you feel like people think a certain way about you? And so in, in order to spite that you act a certain way, trauma, brother, trauma, you know, like people treat you a certain kind of way. You just carry that shit on with you for the entirety of your life. You know what I mean? Hmm. Like people treat you a certain kind of way. It doesn't matter how I feel about it. It doesn't matter the reality of the things. It doesn't matter that the things I like now are like really pop culture and stuff. I'm not even that fucking old. You know, but I just fucking feel like like I'm 80 years old with the amount of things that I've been through. And so I'm not able, I just don't feel super comfortable myself. And that's a me problem, but it's also a problem kind of externally of the world that we've lived in and that we live in now. And it's it's a struggle, you know, and I'm oh, sorry I've been taking about the entire time. No, I... I I'm glad we were able to talk this out and I want to in the future help you be able to more thoroughly identify your brand cuz I I mean I like you as a person. I think you got a good Ugh. personality and Ooh, keep the oh keep that to yourself. Oh, sorry. Sorry. I like you but more as like a brother. Uh <laughs> I'm going to tell you a story. So, when I was in Georgia, I was in Macon, Georgia, right? I was in Macon, Georgia. Oh, I never told this story to any live. Ooh. I'm gonna tell it to the fuck it. We're the, doing it live. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell it to the to the hundreds of people who listen to this. All right. Mm-hmm. When I when I first moved to Georgia, my mother moved to Georgia, and her husband, who had been who she was with when I was younger, who ended up getting in jail for something he got out or whatever. We moved down south, and I remember laying in the room, and he was like beating the shit out of her. Right now, remember, I'm 18 years old, and now it's like 2009. I was like 18 years old. He's like beating the shit out of her, and I did nothing. I did zero. I heard him beating the shit out of her, and I remember uh, not really hearing. I, I remember hearing it and being like so fucking scared to do anything. Right, so I remember doing physical harm to myself. It was terrible. There was blood on the walls. It was it was not good. And oh, big yikes! To, no, it was. To close. I'm, 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 I right. still, I still carry today 
the physical scars of these things, you know. And then when we when we left, I remember I pretended like I didn't know, but she was like one morning she was like, yeah, we're going to leave right now. We took all the stuff that we could. But I knew what was going on. I knew why. We go to her her best friend's house, who's not her ex-best friend. We go to her house or whatever. And we're there. And I remember being so depressed. And I remember, this is the fucking craziest thing. And my ex, Rose, who is amazing. The fact that she's in a wheelchair doesn't matter. But for this story, for this story it matters. Mm-hmm. Because her height is low and I remember I'm wearing a hoodie and she comes up behind me and she's like holding on to like the pocket of my hoodie the little pocket or whatever mm-hmm. and I get in my car well the car I'm going home to whatever and it's a note and it says Do, you know she's like here's some money I know that you're like struggling or whatever and that you're there you're not happy buy yourself something it's like forty dollars mm-hmm. so I remember being in this place that's so different from anywhere that I know after all these things with this person who had loved me and that's a whole fucking story for another day and I'm fucking in this house and I felt so lost and I remember that I go to Kroger and I buy a notebook and I buy a big old bottle of like nighttime Tylenol Mm. right and I take the pills, and I remember I was living with like two, like fourteen year old, like a four, two fourteen year old girls, a thirteen year old boy, and a five year old girl. And I'm taking the pills, and I'm like writing this like fucking depressing ass fucking <laughs> depressing ass fucking note, All right? And I remember the little girl Husna. She comes to me. She goes. She goes. She goes. What are you? What are you doing? And I'm like. Nothing. She's like, why are you taking so many pills? I'm like, oh, I don't feel good. And she goes, well, I hope you feel better. Now, <laughs> I Fuck. Now, there's a whole story related with, like, me Holy laying Holy shit, man. Right? No. What? <laughs> yes. Now, listen. There's a whole story related with me, like, laying on the ground and, like, vomit and almost dying and Dairy Queen and all this shit or whatever, right? But when I finally got back to New York City, the place that I fucking imagined, and I met up with my friends who I loved very much, who I was so scared to tell that I was leaving the city, when they didn't know I was leaving until I was in fucking North Carolina and I called them, and they were like, you left the city? You know, they they didn't even fucking know because I was so fucking scared to tell them. When I fucking came back and I met my friend and he introduced me to these people, who told me about this fucking concert that I begged five dollars for? <laughs> I fucking kind of like came to this weird place where I was like, "This is where I fucking belong." And even though, and you know, I never really quite wore the clothes enough to be goth or metal enough or whatever. I really felt like this the place, and like. When it comes to like the person that you are and the way that you present yourself and your brand, the key to branding yourself, the key to any brand is being as earnest and as honest as you are. Right? I agree with that. You know, 
the but key the... also to branding yourself is to leave the iron on for like a good 20 minutes. That's too. I mean, that's And hard. then use Pam. So that way there's... What's your name? Kunta Kente. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, just that got really depressing. I had to try to bring it back with L- something. Listen, listen. When you think, think about the fucking... When you brand yourself... When you when you're branding yourself or whatever, you gotta fucking like, like people think like, oh well, you know, like people fake shit all the time. But you gotta be real as fuck. Like the reality real. is, it's like why is Rick and Morty? Why is it branding work? Because Rick and Morty knows what it fucking is. Okay, mm-hmm. Justin Roiling, like in fucking episode two of season four, that's fucking right. Gonna throw that in there. Episode He's, two, season f- oh yeah, well, uh, Rick and Morty. He's like, oh fuck, fuck, fuck Rick. Or no, <laughs> no. All right, he makes this is like a, it's, whatever. They make an entire no season one at the end of season uh, season four episode one. Fuck me. <laughs> they at the end. Remember season three at the end? They were like, oh, we gonna get that fucking session for us, Marty, right? And that's it, it, that's episode one of season three. That's He's episode like, one of season. Gonna, yeah. Right? In season four at the end, it's very similar. He's like, we can get that fucking. We're gonna, 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 Everything that that show does is completely on brand. Everything that show does is very aware of like what it is and what it's doing, and it's very honest about where it is, where it is, and what it's doing. Yeah, you know, and it doesn't matter how you dress. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter if you're a prince of England and you maybe have molested children. Maybe I don't know. Um, <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you may or may not have killed yourself. <laughs> it, it doesn't. Actions matter. It, it doesn't matter how you feel. People see you for how you are. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, yeah. People see you for your actions. You know, that's your, your fucking brand. Your actions are your brand. It is. And the other aesthetic choices that you choose to apply or that you actively seek yes attribute to your brand oh you ever see those fucking movies and shit like fucking like um what the fucking not really bright what the fuck is the move with fucking the lawyer oh fucking oh my fucking god L- L- liar liar no l what the fuck is her name is she a little she a little dog oh uh legally blonde legally blonde i fucking love that it's such a great fucking movie that's a great fucking and the movie. thing about that is that like Especially by Legally Blonde 2, like, everybody thinks, like, if you think about it, like, everybody perceives her this way. Did you just say by Legally Blonde 2? <laughs> no, I'm saying, what? It's like, by the time we get to Legally Blonde 2, <laughs> everyone knows Elle is the shit. Everybody but the knows. people who don't know are in for a rude awakening. But it's not just that, like, she never presents herself as really being, like, they perceive her that way. Yeah. You know, they, and she thinks of herself that way, but she's always been... She thinks of herself and she presents herself as a Barbie doll princess, mm-hmm. but her actual mind and and her, her mm-hmm. cognitive abilities 
uh, our 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 uh, what is it sub subversary towards the brand that she uh, portrays. Now, uh, since I'm taking all the time, uh, white Jewish man, tell me about you. <laughs> You're branding the person that you are. Oh, dude, I'm basic as fuck. Like, oh boy, here, my timer stopped. Here's, I have no idea how long this is. This is gonna be awesome. <laughs> Holiday special, everyone. Here's my brand in like three minutes. Uh, so you know how a, bl- a broken clock is right twice a day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my fashion sense is like just for Halloween, like the the summer into fall <laughs> time. But I dress like that and I present myself like that throughout the entire year, and that is my brand is is like flannels. Something cozy. I, I, I present my brand as like Nick Offerman with a glass of hot chocolate and maybe a little bit of bourbon in that hot chocolate. You don't know Nick Offerman like I know Nick Offerman. Okay, sorry. Not Nick Offerman. Actually, yeah. No, no. I know. I think I know Nick Offerman. Like I'm about, <laughs> I'm about the weed. I'm about the cunnilingus. I'm about the making of boats. <laughs> I'm about the outdoors, I'm about the woodworking, like I you have, right now you're about the beard. I'm about the beard. I'm I'm trying. Like that's that's pretty much what it is. I'm I'm fairly traditional, and this is how it ties back into the slow and low. It's uh, I try to identify my brand with something that's both recognizable, nostalgic, cozy. But at the same time, a little bit quirky. Like, you're going to have to challenge yourself, but it'll be a fun challenge, you know? My favorite descriptions I like to, to go with, with my, pro, my Tinder profiles are uh, drunken history professor, uh, <laughs> stoner ski lodge instructor, or... Uh, Fuck! What was the last one I had? Are you gonna pull, are you really gonna pull out your phone and look on I'm, Tinder right now? I'm gonna pull out my notes. I'm gonna pull out just what I <laughs> the show notes that can be found. My show under notes this, that can under be this found. or whatever pl- podcast platform you're listening in. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Like so, I, I have my show notes here. Oh, the last one. Uh, Mumford and Sons stand-in who's at least thirty minutes late. That's, Sounds about right. <laughs> that's my aesthetic, right there. My my whole brand is like a lodge that's also smells like weed and bacon. That <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> and so that's gonna be our show. Thank you for listening. Oh, to... well, that's how you do it. That's well, that... there's no music. What you're gonna start you, the music? You have to first of all. <clears throat> this is how you do it. Okay. Show me. First show... of all. You have to do it like this, okay? I'm gonna teach you. Show how you me do it. the way, okay? Every okay. day. That's also part of my brand is uh, just sh- shoving in song lyrics. That how, oh, that's how your brand goes. My brand goes by just like, hey, is that a song lyric? Let's see if we can shove that into any inexplicable reason. Yeah. Well, that's our show. And you know, Close it's it been like it's been a to. it's been a depressing. Happy, funny roller coaster. But I'm gonna tell you something that you don't know. Yeah. 
this is the last episode of Was That Gonna Taste? On Was That The Art Of Giving Up Feed. That's it. This what? week, after this week, only iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever podcast p- platform you use, Was That In Good Taste will only be found on its own podcast feed. Just search Was That In Good Taste. And of course, if you want to reach out, because you have no social media really other than humblebubblebear.com. At, at, yeah, dot com or see honey at Instagram. <laughs> or see honey at Instagram. Fucking you DM can, me, bro. You can reach out to me, the person who actually does the stuff, at DA Art of Giving Up on Twitter. Art of Giving Up Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, I forgot all the other things. What, what are the other plugs? <laughs> I forgot the other ones. Uh, oh, wait, wait, wait. Uh, was that in good taste on Facebook? And of course, remember, please rate, subscribe, and oh, follow. Yeah. And and tell your friends. And tell your friends. Because God, I'm so excited that this, like, this is it. Listen, was that in good taste? Has its own little wings now. This is we it. Can fly out the this nest. This is it. The feed has the last five or six episodes, but this is it. Because on that feed, there's only like six lessons per episode. On this one, there's significantly more, which means we have to work hard. Which means we have to work on our brand and the people that we are. We have to make it happen. We need to make it more identifiable. And that's... That's, well, that's uh, amazing. That that was in good taste, uh, I think. Was it? Oh, I, I oh think, shit. I think this was pretty in good taste. Oh boy, uh, here's a question. Yeah. I know you gotta pee. I see it. I see it in you. Uh, <laughs> how did you know? Uh, I, I wasn't even shaking my leg at all. Like, yeah, you were. Yeah, you I were. just had the well, thought cross my mind of, I might have to pee. Yeah, and I, he goes, you're going to have to pee. What the fuck? Uh, this is, was that in good taste? Of course, as always, I'm your host, Steven. And I'm Chandler Phillips. And, uh, yeah. Peace? It wasn't in good taste. Peace. If I moved